Ring. Dracarys. What's up, Headless Horde? Welcome back to the channel. Today, we are talking Tales of the Jedi. Best Star Wars since at least Rogue One, in my opinion. Um, I got a couple sweet-ass special guests for you today. We're going to be breaking down each and every episode. And yes, I took a page out of Ryan Milky's book, and I made you guys a 71-slide slideshow. You're welcome. That's what I do. All right, my first guest, you guys know him. Ryan Milky, what is up? What's going on, man? What is good? What is good? I'm good. I'm chilling. It's all good. You got you got a special package today, so I'm looking forward to that video. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, yep. And uh, yeah, so uh, I, I just got done watching the episodes again for the second time, and um, I know you were uh, viewing some of them as well. So we are ready to rock this. Um, oh, yeah. All right, so I'm going to bring on my next guest. Um, he has been on my channel one other time and uh, on my podcast as well. Um, I met this gentleman at uh, ICCCCon in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, um, and he is a, uh, he's a wrestler. He's a voice actor. He is a, um, what's the other, a podcaster, obviously. Uh, I know you hear me. Yes, that is his podcast. This is Flynn Hendricks. What is up, man? Man, I think you forgot one thing. Uh, you forgot to say guy who feels like he's back in college with a 71-slide PowerPoint. That's so right. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks What's for having me. On? How you doing? Man, I'm good. I am good. I'm out here. Uh, I'm actually getting to film this outside, so this is nice. Get a nice, cool breeze and get to have some fun. Yeah, Nashville. What is it, about 90, 95 right now? Or? Man, thankfully we're past all that now. It's actually in the low 60s, so I'm I'm in heaven right now. Damn, dude! Like tomorrow's supposed to be like 70 in Cleveland. It's nuts over here. Ooh. I know. I'm I'll in take Scotland it. and it's 46. Ooh. Oh man, can I come over there? <laughs> well, if you're over there, it would be like around what uh, three three a.m., two a.m., something like that. Just coming up to just coming up to two a.m. Yeah, two a.m. Jesus. Yeah, my, my man's a trooper. <laughs> that's, just, that's, that's, any, that's early for me. <laughs> what's up chat uh we have christina Payne in the house what's going on what's going on fidel what's going on buddy how you doing man my boy fidel i am going uh to with him to san diego comic-con we are pumped uh nice. white shadow what's up man i haven't seen you in a while dude how you doing how you doing uh let's see let's see let's see uh everybody else in the chat make sure you guys are asking questions 61 in san diego that's what he's telling us that's the dream. Uh, that's the dream. All right. Um, I'm going to try to get you guys out of here in an hour. Um, but 71 slides is a lot. So let's get to this thing. All right. Here we go. We'll start with episode one. And then I think after each uh, breakdown of each episode, maybe we can give out a grade, one through 10. Have a little fun with this. And uh, yeah, here we go. All right. Tales of the Jedi. And I got this little... My little emoji, or not my emoji. What is this little I call this little animation? Uh, Ryan made for me. Look at that thing flipping around. Very nice. <laughs> All right, fellas. Episode one: Life and Death. So, just to give a quick little backstory on what this series is about. Obviously, we're going deep into spoilers here. We're going to talk about some theories. Um, so, if you haven't seen the episodes um, and you plan on watching them. Um, if you care about spoilers, 
you may want to duck out. We don't want you to leave, but we also don't want to spoil anything for you. Um, but basically, this series is mostly about two main characters. Um, it is about Dooku, um, and it's also about Ahsoka Tano. And it's cool because they throw in a bunch of the older characters that we have come to uh, know and love. So it uh, to me, it's a really it's a really good series. Um, did you guys want to give off like your first overall impression of the um, of the series? Uh, we start with uh, start with you, Flynn, if you like. Oh man, um, I absolutely love this. Like it was so cool to actually get more Dooku centric material, and then just the fact too, like that they were able to get Liam Neeson to come back for it. You know, like capitalizing on him being an Obi Wan and having him provide the voice. And we actually get to see his reaction to the end of the Phantom Menace and what goes on there. Like it's so awesome that you get to see these pivotal moments in these character stories that weren't shown on screen and really weren't even addressed in the books. And like it just gives you more meaning and more understanding and more more fleshing out of the characters. I dig that. Yeah, it, it, it was like I said. I to me, it was, it was the best hour since Rogue One. I mean, I I, I enjoyed Force Awakens when it first came out. Um, I did enjoy Rogue One, um, but everything else since this doesn't. I mean, Mandalorian is very good too. Don't get me wrong, but this is just this hits this hits all the feels, you know, yeah. and it just pumps me up. Well, we'll talk about more about that later. But Ryan, you want to give your first impression? So coming coming into it, I had no idea what it was going to be. I just knew, you know, I, I was literally riding the House of the Dragon ride. I came off that, and it was like, right, what's next? And then everyone was talking about this Tales of the Jedi thing. I've seen Mandalorian. I've seen the the one that was recently just come out with Obi. I've seen Obi Wan. I've seen Boba Fett. I've, I've watched these things, but I didn't. Really, I've never really enjoyed them as much as the massive fandom of Star Wars has. I've never been in that deep, you know. But mm -hmm. and then and then you throw out me animation. Now, if you know me, you know me well. I don't really do much animation stuff. So then I'm already going into this with some skepticism, probably to be fair. But hey, we'll get into it through the night. But overall it's brilliant i loved it all right all right so like i said the first episode is called life and death and uh what we start off here with first is we get to see the birth of ahsoka this was awesome um i didn't really know this is where they were going i you know they were kind of running around the village in the beginning um but you know th so this was great um any thoughts on on the birth of ahsoka did you expect to see this It was very surprising for me. I did not expect it to go that far back into her yeah. story, but seeing her family, seeing the village, and then seeing when they realize that she's Force-sensitive and she's special, like that was a really cool moment to see. Mm -hmm. I was introduced to her in the uh, one of the shows that was out recently where she was, she was quite an older actress. Uh, I, I was introduced to this character there, so it's nice that I've now seen the birth of this character. I can kind of catch along with everybody watching and understand what's going on. I don't have to know loads of lore and stuff. Yeah, that's, and that's what's cool about it. And, you know, we'll, we'll get to the other episodes. But, man, for me, it makes me want to rewatch Clone Wars Season 7. But, um, so, yeah, so, so we're, we're, you know, and I, I have this little image here. Uh, the guy on the right, uh, for anybody in the, any video game players, um, it reminds me a lot of uh, the little droid that Cal Kestis carries around in his back. Um, a little bigger, obviously. Um, but the design is there, and I kind of got those vibes there um, from that, and that's from uh, what's uh, Fallen Order. So, um, yeah. So then we, it's cool because here we see we see a nice little shot of Ahsoka, and notice that 
she doesn't have the markings on her face. And I, I dug a little deeper into that. And apparently, as they age, that's when the markings become, you know, start, start becoming part of who they are. So I found that really, really interesting. Because, um, like, you can see, she's only really has like four little white dots, and there's that's about it. And if you, you know, toward the end, um, what, at the slideshow, you'll see her her full face and see what it really looks like now, you know, about, you know, 20, 30 years later or, or whatever it might be in the timeline. I, I believe, I believe this is 36, 36 years for the battle of Yevon. So you, if you, you know, so for you non uh, nerds out there, that would be, so she, it's like, so she would be 36 years old when we're introduced to Luke Skywalker is basically okay. what that is. So, cool. yeah. So a Mandalorian, we're talking like she's probably early forties is, is 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 what I gauge from that, um, and then the uh, so the planet we're on is uh, it's called uh, Tag Tagruya, and it, or, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, that's not the planet. That's their that's their clan. So so Ahsoka is like that's where that's what she's called uh, Tagruya, and so basically in this uh, clan, once a child turns one, so we saw the birth. So this is now like a year later. Um, so what happens is the mother actually is going to take her child hunting and she basically is going to talk to her about how precious life is, how it should be honored. And then she also teaches her about death. And I thought that was really interesting that such a young age, obviously. Um, so I mean, what did you guys think about, um, about, about like how the story was structured moving this forward? For me, it was just understanding the what was going on. I think I thought it was teaching her like life and death, and teaching her that, to be okay with it, and just you know that it's part of life, that it's part of the, their way of upbringing stuff. To be one with nature and one with the animals. That's the way I took it as somebody that was going in basically blind. And I I kind of agree with that too. It really it reminded me of like some of the stuff like you would see about different cultures on a National Geographic, for example where you see like how these kids grow up in these, in these, you know, villages and these countries and these other cultures that may be foreign to us, but it gives you more of an explanation of their foundation and where they grew up and just how it plays into the character development down the road too. I thought it was very fascinating because I wasn't expecting it. So it was all a nice surprise for me. Yeah, it definitely was a different way. Like, I was not expecting the way this episode went. I'm like, Oh, okay. This is a lot different than I thought, but it makes all it makes a lot of sense when you get to the end of the episode, you know. Um, hey, White Shadow, thanks for showing up, man. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, leave me a comment uh, tomorrow when you rewatch it and let me know what you thought about the uh, entire series. Um, yeah, and Fidel, yeah, it's thirty six PBY, right? Um, all right, so yeah. Now here, I, I just have this image here. Um, so in Rebels, uh, in the other uh, you know cartoon we want to call it show that Ryan did not watch. Uh, so these little Shame. guys here. <laughs> these little guys here uh they remind me of the little um uh the loath cats so i kept thinking of these like loath dogs maybe i don't know i mean they're they're kind of cute I'll, i mean i'll probably take a couple of these guys um so yeah i just i thought that was these, these guys were really cute here so um all right so here we have the little lesson on life and death so they're kind of walking through the forest and then we eventually see the mother um like kill like whatever they're deer type species would be and you know the one comment she makes here is that she she tells him she tells uh ahsoka and again you know only being one years old 
Um, but she tells her, you know, we're only going to take what we need. And I thought that was pretty, that was pretty deep. But then the weird thing is, is like, well, she ends up just taking the whole darn thing anyways. So I was kind of like, well, all right, I guess we need the whole thing. So what did you, so I mean, what did you guys think about the whole hunting uh, scene? And, and, you know, before we get to the, to the attack or whatever, um, what'd you guys think about all that? Kind of, kind of just what I recently just said in the last bit, it, it was just going, going with the flow of, showing us how different they are is you know how the hell they have an upbringing and how mm -hmm. it just showed to me that they, these people and this this way this tribe of people or this this species it just it was showing me something different in the star wars world i hadn't seen this yet you know it was like this is a different kind of species and family and i don't know it, it was different it wasn't yeah. it wasn't lightsabers and it wasn't weird looking aliens it was you know quite cute and I pretty much agree with every single word of that because it was different from what we normally see. And it, it was a nice change of pace and, again, very unexpected. And I think that's why I liked it so much. Yeah. Yeah, and Fidel says it kind of reminds him of Avatar. Yeah, and I agree. It, just the way they were kind of running through the forest and then they started hitting those flowers and stuff. And I thought that was a little weird too, right? Like he, she's talking about how they're supposed to respect all living things. And here she is in flowers. I'm like, well, bro, aren't those live, live, live too? I mean, yeah, I thought it was a little bit strange that that scene, but um, I don't know. Um, so next uh, we have, we have our, our saber tooth uh, uh, tiger lion slash jaguar thing. And uh, the saber tooth here. So it's a nice little battle scene. Uh, you know, the mom's obviously protecting Ahsoka and, you know, she's giving her all and, what we end up seeing is that the villagers hear, you know, several different gunshots in a row. So they start all gathering up and come rushing, you know, to, to their help or whatever. And um, eventually what happens is, is the Sabretooth ends up taking Ahsoka. And it's kind of an adorable picture here. Um, now, it's funny. Like, why, so why would he not eat him, though? Or not eat her, I should say. Like, I was thinking, like, okay, why would you not eat her? Like, you're just taking her back and then she's he's just, like, almost like keeping her as a pet so what like so ryan why why do you think the saber tooth didn't eat her right there and then i mean it's one gulp right the, the, yeah, so i didn't know anything about the character like i said so i genuinely just thought it was maybe something to do with the markings maybe it, it oh, recognized okay. it as maybe like one of its cubs or something I, you know okay i don't know do you have anything different why, why do you think he just didn't eat her well, honestly, in my mind, I kind of went back to like an old episode of South Park from like 1998 or 1999, where there was an episode of a bear kidnapping the kids to take it to a birthday party for its cub. Okay. But that has nothing to do with Star Wars. But um, <laughs> Hey, but you I know think, what? You're right, though. I mean, we we didn't see any cubs or anything, but like, you know, it's small enough, you know. Right. And I it's think an it's, animal, it, so. it kind of furthers that thing that they talked about, which Again, not everybody likes The Last Jedi, but that whole sen sentiment that the Force surrounds and binds us, it, yeah. it's like the creature might have picked up on how strong the Force was in her and how special she was. Yes. Uh, yeah. And, and it's funny you can say that because here's, here's, the, here's the next scene. Um, using the Force for the first time. Love the scene. Um, it, it, it's, it's, I, you know, it's, it's a little dark in my image, but um, it, it, was, it was so nice to see it on the big TV. Like, it just looked beautiful to me. I think this is my third favorite scene of the entire uh, all six episodes. Um, so I, I have like a top three scenes I like. This this for me is like my third bit, my my third favorite. Um, and then after that, we get to see we get to see her riding on it. And, and this right here for me uh, went right back to Rebels when 
when Ezra was was comes running down on that uh, on the loath cat, and so that that's what I got here. Um, you know, the one thing I want to ask you guys, I, I this is the first picture with the, a little blue marking. So, what do you think the blue marking meant when the older uh, when the older um, clan member marked her and her mother? What do you think that meant? Because I was I, I wasn't sure on this. I had no idea. Genuinely, no idea. I didn't even catch catch it. Okay. My my thought was a rite of passage in their you know in their culture and their belief system like you know like everybody has like um, a certain age where you like you know you transition into adulthood or in oh, the okay. Jewish you know the Jewish religion you have the bar and bat mitzvahs I was thinking like when she becomes one or two maybe that's what it symbolizes like she's passed her first year in the village and now she's you know becoming one of them I'm not really sure so like almost like a like a baptism almost. Something like that. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, that, that makes complete sense now that we talked that out. I was just like, why are they marking her? But now, yeah, now it makes sense. Um, and then finally, we uh, I, I forget the character's name, um, but we see her at the end, and she just is like, Ahsoka is Jedi. So, I, you know, the first episode, it wasn't my favorite episode, um, but I think it did a nice job. Just kind of reintroducing people, like you know, like Ryan, like you didn't know that much about Ahsoka, and I think you know, just knowing where she came from, and now you know that she's a Jedi, so so she so she has Force powers, and you you you've seen her a little bit in, in Mandalorian, um, but yeah, you have like a little the little uh, beginning of, of of who she is. So I kind of mm-hmm. liked it because, um, like, like I said, I wasn't really expecting them to go that far back with this show because this is this is this is pretty far back, you know. We're talking. We're talking like six, even six years before, uh, actually more than that. Well, maybe about six years before Phantom Menace and all that. So, th- so I thought it was pretty cool. Actually, yeah, maybe like, not. It, it was, it was slow, but it was for me. It was like perfect time length of an yeah. episode for me to, yeah, be okay with it. It was like you know, especially a guy that doesn't watch anime. It was just mm-hmm. not that it's anime. I don't class this as anime. Yeah, but like, <clears throat> yeah, it was just it was good. I really enjoyed it. Good episode. It was slow, but. Made me want to watch episode two. So, yeah, it was a little exactly. bit slow for me too. But I, yeah, I mean, go ahead, Flynn. No, I was gonna say, I mean, it, it, I feel like it was perfectly paced because it doesn't feel like you know it was a nineteen minute or a thirteen minute episode. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit slower, but I felt like by the time it was all said and done, I came away watching a full episode of Rebels or Clone Wars with mm. the amount they were able to get into that short period of time. Yeah, and I think is the longest episode actually is episode one. I think it was fifteen minutes as, as a runtime. Um, that's and, uh that seems like that's the disney method they start you out with a long episode and then it's just a downward slope from there like the episodes get shorter and shorter and you want more and more and more yeah because like you know episode the last episode is i think one of the shorter ones um but it's also you're correct yeah you're correct number one is uh, 16 minutes and 55 yeah so that, that, that's four the shortest one is five Shortest one is five. Okay. Oh yeah. So five is the shortest. Wow. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Five. It makes sense. And I think fourteen and yeah, fourteen is probably the longest. Or I'm sorry, number four is the longest, probably, or the second longest. Because I know this is the longest. Yeah, number one's the longest, and the second longest is the last one. Is number six? Yeah. At fourteen minutes and eleven seconds. Is it really that? Oh man, I thought that last episode was short. Huh. Okay. Um, yeah, so for overall, just to throw out numbers, um, for me, when I watched the first time, I gave it like a six and a half. I was, I was a little bit bored. 
But after rewashing it today and kind of digging a little deeper, I, I bumped it up a whole point. So I'm at a seven and a half for this first one. So what do you guys say? Yeah, I'm at a seven. Seven? I'd, I'd say about maybe six and a half, seven. Six and a half. So we're all about the same area there. Um, yeah, and Chad, if you want to throw out numbers too, feel free. Um, all right, so that takes us into episode two, which is titled Justice. Um, so this is going to be our first episode where we get to see a younger version of uh, Darth Tyrannus, Tri- Tri- which is uh, the Count Dooku. And on the right, um, I think it looks good for a young uh, Qui-Gon Jinn. Um, now, I'll be honest. The, the one thing that was a little bit irritating to me was Dooku's voice. It sounded like, is it, is it um, the dude from um, Die Hard? The, the bad guy, um, Rickman. Oh, uh, Alan, Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. To, yeah, Hans Gruber. I, I, Hans Gruber, right? I, I could not get it out of my head. He Damn, sounds. Put that in my head. Now I'm not going to get that out of my head. <laughs> it, it was, it was kind of driving me crazy. By the like the last episode, I was kind of just used to it. Um, you know, my number four, but um, yeah, like when he first started, I'm like, oh, is that Hans? Yeah. But so you say that because I never, never once heard that in my, in my head. Never once heard. You didn't hear it, huh? No, I don't know. Go go back and listen and see what you think. To me, man, it sounds just like him, but it's funny how people can hear different things like that, you know? Um, But yeah, so in this episode, let me slide back here. Uh, In this episode, we have Dooku and a young Qui-Gon, and they're uh, they're setting off to a remote planet, and what they're trying to do is they're trying to rescue a senator's son, um, but then they discover that everything is not what it seems. So you can tell here in the episode, this is uh, Dooku talking to one of the uh, townspeople and basically trying to figure out what is going on because they captured the senator's son. And then they come to realize that the town is really, really just down in the dumps and they're not getting any support. And we end up figuring out that it's going to be from the, uh, the senator himself. And I, I put this scene up here because it just reminds me because um, you know he's like Dooku's basically like, listen, I need some information. I'm gonna put this right here on the table. So aggressive no- negotiations, which was a line from uh, Natalie Portman in in the prequel. So I thought that was I thought that was kind of a, a fun little uh, a little task there or whatever. But um, so yeah, so the first half of the episode, we're basically trying to figure out what is going on, and we do see that Dooku is aggressive. Um, so your first thoughts on Dooku. You know, remembering him from Attack of the Clones and the the little bit that he's in uh, Revenge of the Sith. What would you guys think about the younger version? Go ahead, Jen. Oh, I, I think for me, it really just fleshed out the character that for a lot of people ended up feeling like a throwaway character before the Clone Wars came about. And, yeah. you know, a lot of his backstory was in Legends or some of it even in the Plagueis novel that goes back and forth. Is it canon? Is it not? Whatever you want to say. It, you know, it's just cool to see that this character actually has some more backstory now, and you see how conflicted he was, not only with the politics that were going on in the Republic, but also with how willing the Jedi were to also obey the orders that were given to them by those senators without doing the deep digging to see what the actual root of the problem was. And I think the dynamic of Qui-Gon and Count Dooku really was like a yin and yang where one balanced out the other, so to speak. And can you let me know, is this the dude that fought Yoda in the movie? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That, so, okay. 
that makes it more interesting because I, I like to know how he became bad because in the yep. movies he was he, he was bad in my eyes and he was Sith type you know yeah. so it, it's good to good to see the the background and did Liam Neeson come back to voice Qui Gon? Um, not in this episode when when you see the older version of him that is Liam Neeson the, but okay. this was not this was not him yeah okay yeah I, I think the you know beside the the beginnings of how he is going to end up turning. Um, and he basically is turning because of, you know, because, you know, we're basically in the episode. I like it because we're looking at the Republic and it, we're seeing them how they're becoming corrupt before we even get the Phantom Menace, you know, because this is all well before Phantom Menace, um, yep. you know, pro probably 20, 30 years or whatever. Because, um, you know, Liam, I mean, Qui-Gon is pretty, is pretty young in this. Um, so I really do like that. And, you know, we, we, we get to a couple scenes here. I'm going to kind of fast forward here a little bit. Um, I'll go back to that, but you know, right away he's just right. He's ready to go. You know, they figured out the mystery. The senator is the one who's not pr providing anything to the town, and that's you know this is why the town kidnapped his son was to force them to bring stuff to them. Well, what did they do? They ended up bringing down these troops, and I, I like this shot here because you can just tell. Look at the colors. Like you, you just know they're rich. You know, you just know that they they have everything they need. And they just don't care about the little people. And I really do like the the shot right here. This is this classic Dooku. You know, if you think back to, uh, well, actually both, I think both movies, he, he does this pose. And it was pretty cool seeing him with the blue lightsaber. I'll be honest with you. I, I was kind of digging that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I thought that, I thought it was pretty neat with, with, with some of these pictures. So right here, this, this is kind of like uh, we see her come and, and she's basically giving them up. Because, you know, she's trying to get food. This is what they say. She's trying to eat. And the one cool, though, shot in this scene, if you look to the far left here, you guys recognize that droid, right? No. You guys know, you guys know who that is? Come on, Flynn. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, is that not the um, – I'm drawing a blank on his number. Yeah, is go, that nah. not the same droid from Rebels, uh, the inventory stalker droid that they end up adopting? Um, is that the, see? Okay, I, I thought this was the droid. Um, from he just it looks like he has blinders down almost though. But I I was yeah. getting at it because like when you see him in the episode when walking around, it looks a little bit easier to tell. But I was getting the vibes that he was the um the guy in the sand crawler that is uh ah. giving giving uh, C three PO a hard time. Yeah, like I said, it, it, that shot isn't like the best shot because it looks like his eyes were blackened a little bit. But like when you see him right, actually right. walking around, yep, that's the vibe I was getting. Um, I'm sure there's someone out there on the internet who has way more time on their hands than I do that probably knows his number and everything and knows exactly who it is. But that that's what I was that's what I was thinking. So, um, but yeah. So, um, anyways, so he, then we get to like the end of the episode, and Dooku's basically had enough. They started firing on him. They're they're shooting these guys. They killed a couple. And he goes to the old force choke. Thoughts on the force choke, Ryan? What do you what do you think? I mean, we've seen Vader do that, and now we're seeing this character who right now is a Jedi doing it. So, <clears throat> does that mean that only the bad guys do this move? Because you don't see the good guys doing it. Correct. It's a yeah, it's a dark side uh, force. Um, okay. Talent. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting. I was waiting for him to pop off. Like, obviously, I knew he was a bad guy, so I was like, I'm just waiting for that moment where dark light turns to dark, and I was wondering what it was. But then 
you guys can because I wasn't sure if this was actually the guy that did fight Yoda in the movies. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't making that connection. So now that I know that because you confirmed it, it makes it even better. Yeah, Flynn, what do you think? I man, I loved it because it's actually I feel like it's a subtle nod to Return of the Jedi when you know Luke shows up to Jabba's palace and kind of does the force choke on the guards. Yeah, it, it, yeah it's a know. real subtle thing, but you don't really you have to pay attention to catch it. Yeah, but more than anything, like. I'm a big reader of the books and everything. Like, and if you read Master and Apprentice, which is about Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon references this time period where Dooku was constantly struggling with his anger and his emotions. And there was one time, too, he kind of channeled the dark side to save Qui-Gon's life and ended up using Force Lightning on an opponent. So it, it's kind of cool to see him walking that line of his emotions and – you know, I guess losing, showing that he's human and not like this perfect being that the Jedi are held up to be. And he just, he has emotions, he has struggles and Mm -hmm. he's not perfect. Like they're, like they're held out to be in that light. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good way to look at it. Um, cause yeah, obviously he, he talks a little bit in the episode about, um, you know, how he does, or is that, it might be the next episode when he's talking to Mace Windu, but he does, he does mention that like he doesn't, he doesn't. He doesn't like to follow the rules of the Jedi, or or even the Republic. And I think it's the next episode he mentioned that kind of stuff. So yeah, I, this, this was really cool because I I just you know, like like you said, it's almost like taking a character. I think Ryan said it, taking a character that we didn't really know that much about, and it's he was like you said, like it's almost like a throwaway character. Especially that's what exactly what it seemed like in Revenge of the Sith. Um. Yeah, I mean, and to give more backstory like this. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. And then I, I do like this part because this shows, you know, Qui-Gon is such a good guy. He's just such a he, – he, he, you know, he doesn't really care about, like, being the, the, the master or being on the council. He's just – he's there to follow the code, to do his duty. And, I mean, he, you know, hands on. Listen, you got to calm down. You, this is not the Jedi way. So I really, really like this scene too. Um, with uh, with Qui Gon trying to stop him from striking down the uh, the senator, because that that's basically what he's going to do. So in in these scenes, was Dooku Qui Qui Gon's teacher? Yes, Dooku. Yeah, so Dooku is the mat or the uh, uh, the master, and the uh, the apprentice or the Padawan would be uh, yeah, not, not the apprentice, I guess, because apprentice is the dark, dark side word. Uh, the Padawan right now would be Qui Gon. So yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and then this was fantastic because this is said in uh, in the prequels, um, and so we hear we hear uh, Dooku go to uh, Qui Gon. You are a much wiser man than I am, Qui Gon, and Qui Gon Jinn. And then he goes, "Yeah, thanks to your teachings." And it's funny because we hear Obi Wan and um, and Qui Gon exchange it the other way um, in Phantom Menace. So I thought that was that was pretty cool and nice nice way to end the episode. Oh. Um, so this episode, um, I gave this one about the same score, um, about a seven and a half, eight, somewhere, somewhere in that range. Um, what do you what do you guys think about this one compared to the first? So I'm going to go seven point five eight because it was better. It, it was getting better, so my score okay. should reflect that as I'm going probably. Yep. Yep. I'd, I'd say about an eight as well. Okay. So we're all right about the same score there. Then, yeah. I mean, I it was it was better than the first episode. Um, yeah, so yeah, I guess, I guess if I had gave a seven and a half, I'd give this one an eight. So, all right, cool. All right. Moving on. Episode three 
is Choices. And we get a reintroduction to Mace Windu. And you can see here that we have clearly jumped some time because now we have a bearded Dooku. Um, so, you know, we're assuming we've, we've jumped, you know, five, ten years, wherever it might be. Um, so they're trying to show that he's aging through um, these episodes. And what, what they're doing here is that they are going to um, going they're, they're basically going to try to figure out when old Jedi uh, or not an old Jedi, but like one of their uh, one of the Jedi name was, I think I believe it was key tree. I, I believe, I, I believe that's how you pronounced it um, was, was killed. So they are going to try to figure out what happened with this. And, you know, this is another really nice episode because it's, it's really focusing on how the Senate is so corrupt and how, and how it's becoming even more corrupt, you know, by the time we get to Phantom Menace. So I thought, I thought it was, that was kind of cool to, like, continue that, that whole corruptness of, of, of the Senate um, through this episode. Um, this little exchange here, um, we kind of see that Mace is very outspoken. Um, he's all about following the rules. I mean, he may be more about following the rules than Qui-Gon. Like he says it several different times in several different ways. Um, Dooku is obviously not. And Mace wants to take all the information that they found and take it right to the Senate. And Dooku's like, we still haven't really solved this thing. And so Dooku wins that part of the conversation. So they kind of continue to um, to try to figure out what is going on. So what did, what did you guys think about being able to see Mace and Dooku um, together in scenes? Because we really, you know, beside a little bit of a that little scene in attack of the clones we never really get them to see them together so i thought i thought that was pretty cool to see these two characters would you would you guys what did you say think flynn i think the biggest thing for me is it was cool to kind of see mace windu as the not so rough around the edges stern jedi master but still kind of like the guy that's a little more by the books um and a little bit more eager i guess is probably the way to say it but he was more, he reminded me more of Anakin to an extent, but maybe not as hot headed and emotional. Nice. You're, talk, you're talking about Mace Windu, right? Yeah. Yeah. Would you, Ryan, uh, would you give me thoughts. I'm just glad, I'm just glad to see Mace because obviously I, I know he went through that window in the movie that I, I watched. <laughs> and I've always thought, I've always thought that he survived it. And I've always, I know this is pre before that happened, obviously. Right. But maybe, I don't know. I don't know. You guys are Star Wars fans. Would you like to see him be alive and have a show? Flynn, what do you think? I I think it would be cool. I mean, for God's sake, like the internet was like begging for Obi-Wan and look what that made happen. So, I mean, there's a possibility and Samuel Jackson's even said he's on board. I would absolutely love to see that happen, especially Mm -hmm. in like a Mandalorian setting or even in Andor. We've got like the perfect time frame to do it. Yeah, to get to, to get back on track, just like he was, he was really cool in the in the scenes, and I don't know, I, I I maybe felt a little disconnect from the movies to this because I didn't get the vibe in the movies that he was so stern on rules. Like maybe that was just the Samuel Jackson kind of love that I have for him, than more so the character. But I didn't get that vibe in the movies that he was so stern on rules. Right, and it's actually not really talked about in the movies either. But I believe it's in episode two. He's actually the head of the Jedi Council. Like, that's not even really talked about unless you read the books. Right. So, like, it, it's a it's a huge change because at this point, he's not even on the council. Yeah, this is, okay. this is like I said, this is probably, I mean, how many years do you think this is before Phantom Menace? Um, I mean, this has got to be at least, 
I'd say around five to eight, maybe five to ten. You think it's that? Oh, yeah. I, I, okay, five to eight, five. To, yeah, I was thinking like around ten because um, he, he's still not great at all, and you know, yeah, you know, about how he looks, and and I know and see, it's that's, hurt. that's what trips me out about it too. Is like how dark Dooku's hair and beard still is. I know it's a cartoon, but yeah, it, it's just hard to picture that so much changes in that ten years. Like he's not already starting to gray out a little bit before that. But like I said, it's a cartoon, so right. I'll that's right. Yeah, exactly right. Um, so they, uh, they head down and they, um, so they're so they're trying to figure out what happened to their, uh, their, the Jedi here. And what happens is, um, they figure it out and, uh, that they were killed by the people that they trust, which were these soldiers here. And then the, the guy in the front here, um, after the lightsaber gets ignited again, um, he basically gives up and he's like, listen, all these guys did it. And this guy gets, I think this guy gets shot in the back. I think he died, didn't he? He, he, he got shot in the back. I, yeah. I he died. Um, and then this basically results in, well, here, I'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go up, we'll go forward. So, you know, they take care of this situation, basically. They figured out what happened. They go back, they bring the body. Um, and I thought this was a pretty neat scene right here. So that light that went through the casket, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking that it was, he was cremated. I mean, I mean, were you guys thinking the same thing here, or what did you think the light was? Because that this is what I got out of it. Like, like a giant lightsaber. Yeah, that just kind of oh. disintegrated the body, I guess. I, I mean, I don't know what else it would have been. See, I didn't I didn't even I didn't even think that, that they would be cremated in the temple. Like I know they did it for Qui-Gon, they did it for Vader, but for some reason I thought it was just a light that came through, like signifying that a Jedi Knight or a Jedi Master had been uh laid to rest there. That's that would make sense that it was cremated if it's going straight through. Yeah, because it, it was going. You could tell it was going straight through. I'm like, well, how could the light have gone through the whole casket? You know, like with the body in there, and so that's that's what I was thinking. Um, I was trying to do a little research on this. I, I didn't really find much, but like that's that's kind of what I was thinking. So I don't know. You know, it's. I'm I thought sure. it was a giant lightsaber, like a giant lightsaber, like met- metaphorically kind of like, you know, killed by their own power of destruction, yeah. a weapon of destruction used to take them to their gods or whatever however they die and whatever they do yeah uh, uh chad what do, what do you guys think do you think that was like cremation there or you know let us let us know um and then after that we see that um <laughs> we see that they have a little conversation after the fact and basically you know mace uh gets a seat on the council and he mm-hmm. basically tells them he's like well i stuck to the mission and you you did not and that's basically why he was passed. So I'm sure that had some things to do with, with, you know, he probably wasn't happy about that. And that has to be something else that just kind of starts pushing him even more, um, you know, to turn into the dark side. Um, you know, it's funny because like watching Duke in the first two episodes and it really in the last episode, you it, it kind of all comes together. Um, but it, to me, it has it had a very similar feeling um, to like when Anakin is denied his own seat in Revenge mm-hmm. of the Sith, and in fact, like there are, you know, there's like a lot of parallels between Anakin and Dooku if you really think about it. You know, both of them want to maintain justice; they want to do what's right for the galaxy, um, but they also want to do it like their way, you know, and, and not follow the rules. So I thought I thought that was really interesting. Um, are they both rejected by Mace as well? Yep. Yeah, and. 
yeah. The real the real kicker is too, and again, I know I'm sounding like a shill for the books, but check out the audiobooks too. But um Dooku actually wasn't brought to the temple as a child either. He was picked out later in his childhood. So that's another similarity there close to Anakin, but he's on the opposite side of the spectrum where he's actually pulled from a wealthy family instead of slavery. Okay. So like they're they're like opposite sides of the same coin. Yeah, you know, and and the other thing too, you, you could even go a little one a little bit further. You know, I mean, they both um, they're both not really afraid to use other methods that the Jedi would consider dark side methods. You know, they're they're not afraid to go that way. Um, so yeah, I, there, there's definitely a lot of similar similarities between the uh, both those guys. Um, yep. So, what do you guys think about Episode Three then? Um, I noticed uh, that he wasn't called Count Dooku in this. Is it well? Flynn just said that he came from a wealthy family. So that like is that like book law that he was Count Dooku and like because he's called that in the movies as well. Well, what it was was after um, which it'll kind of play into the next episode that we're about to go into here. He ended up going back and embracing what he was before and inheriting his family's wealth and riches. Okay. So he just readopted the count name from there. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I love the episode again. It keep, it just keeps moving forward. The pace is picking up. It's it's getting good. I feel like I'm in back into the Star Wars and I'm just waiting for, you know, I know that it's Anakin's not going to pop up now, but I was I was in that vibe of like, oh, I'm waiting to see yeah. Anakin and have some fun with Star Wars again. So, yeah, I'm, I'm loving it. You know, and I'd give it an 8, 8 8.5. Yeah, I agree. I, I gave this one an 8 as well. Um, I, I, it was right on par with the last episode. Um, I, I actually like the the little, the, I like the action in the last episode better, but the dialogue in this episode was better. So I kind of, you know, I kind of, I, kind of, I guess, an eight for both for me. Uh, Flynn, what do you, what do you say for this one? I'm going to say a nine because of how far it pushes the story ahead, and it really starts to show the fundamental flaws of the Jedi that Dooku had such a problem with. Yeah, and it, it's also a nice little foreshadowing to um, Order sixty six in Episode three as well. So. It's a it's a very nice way to move the story along into what's going to be my favorite episode of this entire series, which is episode four. Yes. Yeah, I mean this this episode straight fire. This episode, this is Star Wars. Like this is this is it. Like you know, there's so there's so much good stuff in this episode. Um, I love I love how I love how Filoni was not afraid to go back into the areas that, during the movies, like. Everything that we've seen so far is is before. Now we're we're like right in the thick of things here, and you know we start off with this scene, and this is just fantastic. Um, you know, so so we know that he's trying to look for the files for Camino, and he's trying to destroy it. He's trying to destroy any um, any resemblance of uh, Sifo Dias, which is his master, and because uh, you know Sifo Dias is the one who actually uh, it was his idea to create these clones, and you know here I, I love it. Um, in the one, you know, in, in the Brigos, Yoda makes the joke like, oh, Obi-Wan, planet you lost. So it, this is just a great, this is great. Like, this is one of my best, this is my, one of my favorite scenes as well, as you see him actually deleting it. And um, oh, so, see, I didn't make these connections. Yeah, I mean, if you haven't seen it in a while or haven't seen it like a million times, like I Yeah, have, no, I haven't seen it since I was a kid. But I know yeah. when you just did that voice, when you just said planet, oh, mm, planet. I remember oh, that woman being like, yeah, so Cypher, So this is those weird alien people that we're talking the, about the the clones. The, the yeah, the tall skinny guys. Yeah, yeah. The it's, all, it's all connected. I should have, I should have watched and, the Star Wars movies this week. 
it, it's really <laughs> it's really so cool too to see how like oblivious people are to him even being there yeah and i don't know if that's just because they're like they're so used to seeing him there but it's like he slipped in and slipped out like a ghost that was a really cool part of the story for me too yeah mm-hmm. yeah i should have put i should have put uh i just thought of it I, I, like how embarrassing i where i why can i didn't put that in there gotta go back and redo my slideshow all right, so here we have Jocasta New making a little appearance, and Jocasta New is the uh, like the librarian, and she's mm-hmm. briefly in in the movies as well. And uh, you can see that she is sitting here talking to Dooku, and Dooku's wondering like what's all the commotion about. Um, and I, I, again, it, it's just cool to like see these characters that may not have been in the show very long or had very very minor roles, but at least. They bring them back a little bit in um in the in the animated form, which which is pretty tough. This is pretty awesome. Yeah, I got um, vibes. So the, the guys on the table were like from that Mos Eisley scene in the bar. Yeah, yeah. Some of those aliens, because yeah, that's always oh, the stuff nice you see on the internet, you know. Yeah, you know, it's all it's always really good to see that too, because I think a lot of people who who have only seen maybe Star Wars one time through or whatever, I don't think they realize that like like Guido, like he like. That's a species. That's how, like, yes, that's his name, but that is a species, and there's a ton of them. <laughs> you know, I think, you know, and, and, and same thing with like Hammerhead and, and all those other guys. But, um, but yeah, so it, it's always pretty cool for them to throw it in. You know, and that, that is like, I have not been the biggest fan of Andor, but Andor is doing a really nice job throwing in some different species here and there because that's the one thing that I feel like the Star Wars universe has lost since Disney took over. Like, where are the species? Like, where are the different aliens? Like, it just, you don't see them. Like, you, they're background here and there, but, like, there's no main guy or at least no side character. Um, so at least Andor's doing some of that. Um, yeah, I feel and- like they only wait for the movies to do that. Like, they do the BB-8, and then they make toys and make it mass-produced things to sell, don't they? So Like, Bobo oh, Frick and all that, yeah. yeah. Yep. But you, you can't forget, too, while Andor's giving us all this backstory and these creatures... It also gave us probably the best tagline in the entire series of I'm a tourist. Like, that's not Star Wars, but it's awesome and it's hilarious at the same time. It, it was, that was a pretty good line. All right, so here I just had a little close-up of uh, Dooku. You can see he's got a little wrinkles now in his forehead. Uh, he's got a little lines under his eyes. So we know that he's now about 10 years away from where when, when we actually see him um, attack of the clones. And, you know, so that, I, that, I just put that little picture there. And he is talking to Qui-Gon. And, and, and then look at this. We have a Yaddle spotting. How much, did you, how much did you love this? Like, I mean, Yaddle is like in Phantom Menace for all of like six seconds. Uh, a freeze little, frame. What'd you say? Oh, you got a freeze frame to see her. Yeah, you got a, yeah, literally not, yeah. I don't even, I don't even know why I said six seconds. It's like two seconds. And so it was really, really awesome to see Yaddle make a return. And, um. It was also awesome to have, obviously, Liam Neeson uh, come back and voice Qui-Gon for a couple lines. So I thought that was pretty cool. And I, I think, too, they really did, like, a nice little nod of respect to uh, to Tom Kane that did the voice for the animated Yoda, who, thanks to a stroke, can't even voice act anymore. So they didn't try to replace him either. They just left Yoda silent. And I thought yeah. that was a nice little nod there, too, to also show the differences between his verbiage and how Yaddle ended up speaking too. So it kind of served like two purposes there. Yeah. It, I thought it was interesting too. Cause uh, it, it, she does not speak, uh, you know, in reverse or whatever. So I thought that was kind of cool. And do you guys know who voiced her in this? Uh, in oh, this? yes, I do. Yes, yes, I do. I haven't got a clue. <laughs> <Flint> <laughs> <Tom>. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, if you've been watching any of the new Jurassic World movies, you might know her. But no, it was uh, it was Bryce Dallas Howard, Ron Howard's daughter. Yep. Uh. And she's directed episodes of like Mandalorian and stuff. So that was that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I, I noticed right away. That, that was pretty neat. So, so what's the law with Yaddle? Is that Yoda's wife? Is that are they really are they together or is it just same species? Uh, it's same species. Not, There's really yeah. not much known. Um, but I know Finn might have some theories that we'll talk about. Because oh, I'm going oh, with, yeah, we've just we'll, seen a baby with the same thing. So he's not, not you know, he's growing. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that theory at the very end. And uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. you'll have to fight me off a cliff to, to change my mind on this. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do some theories at the very end of all the episodes. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Um, so here, uh, this is uh, this is my second favorite scene of the entire series. I, I absolutely love how Yato is walking into the light. And you see Dooku walking down into the dark. Absolutely oh, loved right. this scene. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. I yes. want to make it like my background on my computer or something. But a fantastic scene. See, that's that's such a cool part about having somebody like Dave Filoni that is in charge of this stuff because he's such a fan that mm -hmm. he's making these scenes that mirror and acknowledge these scenes that happen in the movies like Obi-Wan and Anakin saying goodbye for the last time before their fight where one's in the light, one's in the dark. Like, there's all these subtle nods to the films to just make it like poetry on screen. Right. Exactly right. Uh, I, I, you know me for my wide-angle shots. I say it all the time. And it, this kind of animation, I don't know. I didn't know you could do this well with animated stuff. It kind of removes me from feeling like I'm watching a cartoon sometimes. I, it I is. Like I mean, movie world. it is. I mean, and that's, that's the beautiful thing with the Clone Wars animation. Like, Yes, it's a little blocky. Yes, it's this and that. But it's just, it's so well done. In, in, like I was telling you, Ryan, uh, you know, off camera, like I was telling you, like, you know, episode, or season one and season two of Clone Wars, you can definitely pick and choose your episodes there. But once you get to season three, um, I mean, there's definitely, there's definitely episodes in season two. But season three, it really hits a stride. In season seven, man, it is just, it is fantastic. The last, the last eight episodes in season seven, I just I, I don't even know. It's so I've dark. Plenty of time. I've got plenty of time Chef's to drive turn, so I'll watch it. I'll watch it. Uh welcome in uh is it I'm trying to see, is it Quizquants? Quizquants. Uh, Q, welcome, yeah. welcome aboard, man. Q Q sequence. Q yeah, that's, sequence. A tough, that's a tough one. Double Q's in there. Q um, so the one scene I didn't put in here, which I did like, um I I, I must have I, you know, it was just there were so many slides. Uh, the one scene, though, that was pretty cool was when they were talking um, at the tree. And, uh, you know, they, there's a lot of, like, uh, it's very uh, full of the force. And, um, but Yaddo and Dooku are kind of talking there. And I think Yaddo definitely becomes suspicious, which leads us to this scene right here where we see Dooku up ahead and Yaddo is now following him. And this, this is taking place, um, this is basically, I'm trying to think now, this is, probably right after yeah this is right after because in the in the previous yes because we skipped this this is important and here right here there Qui-Gon is talking about how he was just attacked by a Sith user on Tatooine I can't believe I forgot to say that um so obviously we're talking about Darth Maul so this is all during Phantom Menace um and that's where we take this to so this is when so this is probably either in between the movies or, or right at the end of Phantom Menace. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's actually right at the end of Phantom Menace because that's when all the other Jedi were leaving for the funeral. 
because that was like the last conversation that Yaddle and Duke who had. You're right. And he said, "You're right." Because he asked if he was going, and he said he wouldn't be good company for them. That's right. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Um, and then we have this is pretty cool. Uh, Attack of the Clones. End of the uh, episode. This is the same area where uh, Padme and that, all of them follow them in here, or not Padme, but Anakin and all them. And they eventually, family eventually gets there because she gets her ship shot down. And um, so this is this is really cool because they get to fly in there. We kind of get to see the same little scene. We see Yaddle uh, end, and then yes, we get the great Ian McDermott re uh, reprising his role as Palpatine. And yes. Yes, fantastic, and um, such a nice guy. Met, met him several times, and they are talking about you know Duke. Duke is pretty pissed. He's like, "Why did you kill Qui Gon?" And um, you know, it, again, just his anger and and his hatred now at this point. And you know, but Palpatine is so good and manipulative. He talks him down, and and then uh, basically what happens here is Yato's like, "Yo, what's up?" Why, why, why are you being so bad, Dooku? And uh, they exchange some words in the next scene right here. I love it. I just love this. You can just see Palps. Just, this reminds me of Return of the Jedi, where he's just like right behind, you know, just kind of sitting on his throne, and he's just like manipulating everybody in the room. And obviously in Return of the Jedi, it does not work, um, you know, because Luke overpowers everything. But it's, it's, it's interesting to see how many different people that Palpatine has turned and it, it that's why you know Luke will always be my favorite character because he's the one who was able to overcome that, you know. And I, obviously Vader helped, um, but you know it's with Luke talking to him and and everything. But I thought this was a this was a great scene as well. Um, what would you guys think about this before we get to the final couple here in this episode? Because this this the conversation between the two of them was fantastic. So first of all, I just wanted. Shout out because I always do. The music in this episode was phenomenal. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That bad, best music. Chase, chase, chase scene. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. It just blew me. It literally blew me away. The music was amazing. The music was amazing. And, and yeah, the, yeah. I didn't think we're gonna go so quick into this. When I when I heard that familiar voice, this scene again reminds me of. I had the thought in my head like it was a puppet master, and he was just. Playing his little yeah, strings, you know, to make, strings, to make him do what he wanted. So yeah, it was it was great. Yeah, it was, it was great. Really, really was. I I'm in. I'm in. I agree with all that. And I think the best part about this too is I wasn't expecting it. Like I wasn't expecting there to be a Palpatine appearance, let alone him being caught by a Jedi and hiding his face in this fight. Like you see him turn away and cover his face. Like the whole thing was just like the nice little cherry on top for this series for me because it shows that fall and it actually pulls from the Plagueis novel, which again, is it canon? Is it not where they were having secret meetings? So it shows those have been going on and then it just brings it all full circle right here. Like it, it's so cool to see that this is actually happening and we see the exact moment that it, it's fulfilled. Yeah. And yeah, like, like, like Ryan was saying, Ryan the, was saying the, Oh, someone's got echo. Someone's got echo. Let's see if that's better. Let's see if that's better. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Let's see if that's better. So, Flynn, you're echoing a little bit somehow. I don't know. I don't know. There. All right. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll mute you and let you fix it. Um, but, yeah. The, that should the, be good. 
Okay. Uh, so the, the music, like Ryan was saying, phenomenal. Like it, it it's probably, I mean, it was so good. And like you said, during when, when, she, when they take off and chase each other on the ships, I, I mean, like, I want to like, I just want to like download that on my, on my phone and just listen to it. Cause it was that good. I, it, it's, I mean, I, I don't know how else to explain it. It's just been phenomenal. So why, why did Yaddo, why did she come out and say something like, I wanted to just stay in the darkness and go back and report it. Why didn't she do that? Good question. Um, Flynn, want to take that one? Because I have no idea. I, I don't either, other than, you know, I think she was just a last-ditch attempt to reach her friend or someone she thought was her friend. That's that's the only thing I could think of or trying to pull I, him back yeah. off the edge of falling to the dark side. I was thinking about it, and I, I, earlier in the episode, she talks about maybe coming down from the council. She came down from a council seat, so oh, maybe yeah. she didn't trust the council to tell them with this information. I'm not sure. I just that's, that's the way I read it. And that's the biggest thing again that ties in with episode three is that it points out the flaws of the Jedi because they didn't they didn't fully believe Qui Gon when he said he encountered you know a, a Sith on Tatooine. They were. I think they said they were trying to be cautious and not stir alarm, but you could see that everybody was very skeptical of it as well. Right. So they sent him, they sent him to find out more information instead of just sending more of them to confront the issue and probably nipping the whole thing in the bud right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, you know, so I also took it as when Yaddle came in and she said she did step down, I, I maybe I just didn't hear this correctly, but I, I was kind of thinking, she wanted him to take her spot. Yeah. Or, or was I way off on that? Cause that's, that's kind of what I was thinking. I think that's what was implied because, or either that, or it was showing that he had an ally that was somebody else was aware of the flaws that he was mentioning and the things that he was dealing with because she noticed the same problem. So it was either trying to find yep. an ally or offering him her seat. Right. Um, and then let's see here. Um, because we're, we're at an hour, so I, I don't want to keep people too, too long here. But we have the next uh, slide here. So they get into a little fight. And then uh, Dooku closes that like big gear or big door, or whatever you want to call it, onto her. And this is pretty cool. Like, you just see her using the Force, saving her life. And then she basically comes out and just kind of drops and falls. And, mm-hmm. you know, tries one more last time to, to kind of convince Dooku and, at this point, Sidious has so much, you know, power over him, and he uh, kills Yaddle. So now we know why she was never in uh, Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith. So unfortunately, Yaddle's story ends there. But she did have a couple cool, really good scenes and some good, good dialogue. So, um, what do you guys think? That we all gave that a ten, right? I mean, that yeah. by far the best episode. Um, yeah, I mean. Like I literally just want like every anytime I watch Phantom Menace now, I'm probably gonna go watch this first before I go to right. before I go to Attack of the Clones. Like this for me is a guaranteed watch now in between. Um j- just just like those last eight episodes of Clone Wars um in season seven. Like for me that I, I watch like I'll watch those and then this right after Attack of the Clones. Like for me, it's almost like a movie now. Like I actually I would love to somehow put all that together. And make a video of yeah. it. I can all I can watch it and piece it all together. I love how you master super fans make it so hard for us new people to to watch a complete <laughs> proper story. It's like you have to go here and then watch this animated thing, then go watch this thing, and then read this book, and then. 
But that, I mean, and then play this video game. Yeah, yeah and then play a video yeah. game, and that fills and in a little bit. And... Yeah. But I, yeah, that to me, man, that that is, I just don't understand why we can't get movies like this. I, I just don't understand it. It's so, it's so frustrating because I love this series so much. And I mean, again, like I, I do love Mandalorian. Like Mandalorian is very good. I was personally a little disappointed with Kenobi. I personally am disappointed with Andor. Um, Bad Batch is okay. Like I don't love it. I'm hoping season two is better. Um, but like this, like, why can't we get more of this? Because this is Star Wars. And, like, literally, we've watched four episodes of the series now, and we've seen lightsabers hit once. So people that say, well, Star Wars is all about lightsabers. Well, there you go. There's four great episodes. We've seen sabers hit one time, and we actually won't even see them the rest of the series. Think about it. This is the only fight between, uh, you know, Force users. Well, with, lights, with lightsabers. So... That's that's my two cents on that. Um, all right, we are heading over episode five. Um, now this episode for me was really good too. Um, and again, Ryan, this is this is why like you when you watch then this is you got to watch Clone Wars. Like you got to watch the end of that, at least the end of the series. I mean, if you don't want to sit there and do all those cartoons, whatever, at least no, like the episodes because this is so good the way this is structured. Um, and did I I'm not going to rush any of it, dude. To be honest, you you know yeah. you know how long I've got to wait for the one show I'm waiting for, so I've got plenty of time to to watch the stuff that. So, episode five is not called the Sith Lord, though. Um, I must I, I I must have forgot to change it. Um, I wish even, it was. I know, right? Uh, four was the Sith Lord. I don't. I just I did forgot to type it in, so um, I don't remember. We could probably do a quick web search while I continue here, but let let us know. Um. But the, here we have Ahsoka training, and this is just a great shot. We have Anakin, and we have Obi-Wan, and they're just kind of watching her. And, you know, this is kind of like when he when she first becomes his Padawan. And this is this is probably um, – I, I mean, this has got to be after the Clone Wars movie because she's a lot younger in the Clone Wars movie, I think. So for me, I, I think this would probably be after the movie and sometime in between, you know, somewhere in the series – um, but th- you know, this is a great scene. She's into what she's doing. If you can't tell, she's fighting one of the little um, remote droids that Luke is practicing against, but she's got like what, like four or five of them around her or something like that. And then eventually what happens is she defeats that pretty easily. And then there's like, like a, uh, some type of light, um, what is it? Like a, like a light force type thing that like comes a barrier, down. like a barrier, like a light barrier comes down. So she can't get out of the circle. And then again, she defeats those pretty easily. So then what Anakin decides to do is take her to um, not go against robots and go against humans. And we can see Captain Rex again. Captain Rex. This is now, since I got my head in that Stark Funko Pop, this is now my next grail that I will be after. Um, I don't know when I'm going to get it, but this will, this will be my next grail that I try to pick up because uh, this is the one I don't have from New York Comic Con. Um, what do you guys think about, uh, or how'd you feel about like seeing Captain Rex again? It was, it was, I know he's in here just for a little bit, but he's such a great character. Um, I oh, don't yeah. know. Ryan, what do you think? I didn't know he was. Come on, you know who Captain Rex? Uh, well, I guess, yeah, I guess he wouldn't, right? If you didn't watch Clone Wars. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you would not know. 
you would not know. So, Ryan, you are kicked off the island now because you don't even know who Captain Rex is. All right, Flynn, Tommy, how did you feel about seeing Captain Rex? I loved it. And then on top of that, too, I I love that we get more of a story for the end of the Clone Wars, which I won't spoil for him just yet. Yep. But on top of that, too, I also love the dynamic of them, again, kind of like hiding things behind Obi-Wan and the Council's back and doing this training that is yep. far more intense than what they're doing, but actually preparing her for real-life situations or real animated situations that she'll experience in the Clone Wars and that will help save her life. Like, it's so cool to see that kind of secretive relationship still going behind the scenes and playing out into this right here that ends up saving somebody's life. Yeah, this was... It was so great to see him back. I mean, uh, Dee Bradley Baker, I, I was fortunate enough to meet him. Oh, yeah, you met him too, right? Oh, yeah, and I'm, he, I'm actually – I was a student of his at one point. Like, that guy is the GOAT. Yeah, he's such a nice guy. I mean, my oh, gosh, yeah. just amazing. If you ever have a chance to meet him, highly recommend. Uh, he spends time with his fans, and, yeah, just just a really, really nice guy. Um, so then basically what they're doing here is they have the clones – and they're all kind of surrounding Ahsoka like the uh, little um, the training droid things were. And basically, man, they 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 knock her out several times, uh, mm -hmm. six, seven times, I think it was. And, you know, each time she's down for like 45 minutes to an hour. And at one point uh, it was either I think it was Anakin. I mean, it might have been Rex, too. I, I can't remember now. But one of them go up to him and be like. But that one you got it pretty quick from, you know, you know, because like the first one, they're like, well, you were out for an hour because, you know, they're hitting hit her in with stuns. You know, think Princess Leia and the New Hope if you want. Um, but they keep doing it over and over and over and over again. You can see Anakin and Rex are kind of standing in the back of, above her head in that picture. And they're just kind of watching her. And, you know, she's over and over again. And then finally, Anakin kind of walks up to help her and picks up her, his, her, her lightsaber. And, you know kind of gives her like almost like a little prep talk but she still ends up getting hit a few more times after that um and then the next scene here this is like just an iconic picture of me for me with with ahsoka um just just a classic pose she now busts out both lightsabers ready to roll um i think she actually gets knocked out one more time after this scene uh but eventually then um she does she does pass the training and and go through that so what did you think about the little montage of the training? Um, obviously, uh, uh, Flynn, we, we know where it's leading. Uh, yeah. Ryan, you didn't, you didn't really know. You're just thinking they're training. But there's definitely – it leads somewhere. So what did you think about the whole little montage? And, and how when did you know that that's what they were trying to do? I just knew it was badass. I was watching it. I was like, this is really cool. There's some action and getting to see her develop as a character on screen and as a, as a character within herself as well with her own skills and stuff. And then, I don't know, I didn't – I wasn't sure with the connection with her and Anakin. Like, I don't know. Is that explained in the movies at all? Yeah. So then, so what happens is in, in the Clone Wars movie, which honestly, it's not very good. You don't really need to watch it. Just know that Anakin during the second and third movie, um, he picks up a Padawan and that was Ahsoka. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. wow. And unfortunately, we don't see her on screen in either of those movies, which sucks. But thankfully, yeah. we got they this. But they have filled it. They filled in a lot with Clone Wars. They oh, really yeah. have, especially the last season, even this a little bit. They they fill in because I don't want to spoil it for Ryan though. But like, she's off the show for some time, and there's a reason yeah. why. But I don't okay. want to say much more than that. But um, 
Uh, yeah. So Flynn, what, so what did you, did you know what they were doing here when, when they went to the stun and they started shooting her a bunch of times? Did, did you know what yeah. they were doing? I kind of, yeah. I, I picked up on it. Um, and then I picked up on something I, the second time through. And again, I'm, I'm a huge nerd for star Wars, like probably more than the average person. My yeah. wife probably hates me for it. Anyway, there was something again that goes back to the books, which is why I highly recommend reading them that talked about like why the Jedi did not feel the clones turning on them. And that's because the clones had no feelings. So the nod to that, that this training was doing of showing that you have to trust your instincts and trust the force to another level to survive this training or survive this encounter just shows like how smart of a tactician and how brilliant Anakin actually was as a master, not being a mm-hmm. traditional Jedi at the same time. Right. Yeah. And it, I, I loved, I just loved it. And I love how she failed so many times. You know, mm-hmm. there, there's another uh, character in the sequel to these trilogies that maybe, that, you know, maybe she could have failed once or twice. That, that would have been nice. But, you know, that's a, that's a whole yeah, other, uh, that's a whole other uh, episode of this, right? Right. Um, it, it humanizes them. It makes the characters more relatable. Exactly. Um, and then I, I just absolutely love this scene. Um, he goes, let's hope that training paid off. Obviously, knowing where it was going. Um, so, it, yeah, that was just great for me. And then finally, we got. Um, <laughs> I, I put. I need to go watch Clone Wars season seven now after after watching this because it was that good. Um, so yeah, so episode five. Um, what do you guys think on this one, Flynn? What would you, you give it? I give it an eight, and like I would give it more, but again, it was. It could have been a little longer for my taste, but the biggest thing for me was that we got the original four. Uh, members of the Clone Wars, like the four main characters back together with right. Anakin, Obi-Wan, Ahsoka, and Rex. Like, that was just so awesome to have that in this story. Yeah, I that, that was definitely the best part. I mean, it, it's even just seeing Matt Lattner come back uh, for that, for that yeah. smaller role. And I don't know if the, I, I assume that was um, uh, James doing uh, Obi-Wan yep. too. So, I mean, I know he wasn't in it quite, you know, too much, but. Yeah, it was it was fun to do that. I, I I would give it I would give it like a solid I, probably eight and a half for me. It was one of my favorite episodes. I, I so for me I like episodes four, five, and six better than mm-hmm. I, I like one, two, and three. Even though it's hard to say it like that because it's two storylines split. Um, but overall, as episodes, I I I did like this one. Um, Ryan, what what did you think about this one? Uh, yeah, it's up there with the two and three. So. Yeah, it's going to be an eight. Eight, okay. All right, so that takes us to the uh, final episode, and and then after that, we'll we'll, we'll do a quick <laughs> little round of theories since I know we're over that. Five hour. was called practice makes perfect. By the way, what'd you say? Five oh, was called practice, practice makes, makes perfect. perfect. Thank you. And it was yeah. the shortest episode of the lot as well, at ten minutes long. Yeah, it was. I knew that was short. Um, all right, so we go to episode six, which is uh, titled Resolve. Um, so this episode, we actually start at the end of Revenge of the Sith with Padme's uh, funeral. Um, so we we see that, and then we get to see a Bail Organa, which is cool, Jimmy Smiths, and he spots Ahsoka in the crowd, which obviously is not in the movie because Ahsoka was not even uh, thought of yet, um, at least as far as we know. Um, but it, this is a really neat scene. Like I, it just it's shot beautifully. I mean, not shot beautifully. It, it's created beautifully um but i just love the look of this um and you know there's another shot too that i was uh trying to capture 
and it didn't look as good as this one, but it's like more like you see more people around her and you just, you barely see her. Um, but I thought this was pretty cool. And then what ends up happening is, is that she starts walking out and I just thought this was a really powerful line here. Um, uh, Bail Organa goes, um, you know, and there's nothing you could have done for either of them, you know, talking about Padme or helping Anakin um, stay on the, stay on the light side. And then, you know, she just basically says, well, she was my friend. And it just, it's so powerful because you saw the relationship between Padme and, and Ahsoka in the Clone Wars. And it's, it's just, it's sad. You know, it's, I, I really wish that we could have seen her in live action more, you know, in, yeah. in those prequels. It would have been so much a different dynamic, I guess. I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm thankful for what we got, but man, oh man, it would have been, it would have been pretty cool to have her in those, at least those uh, last two episodes. Um, so up to this point, um, what, what, how do you guys feel about this episode so far? Um, Ryan, what would you think? Did you, did, did you know that was Padme in the casket? Yeah, I knew that was Padme. Uh, okay. did, well, she was also pregnant in it as well. Did they, but she, we know that she gave birth. So did they fake the pregnancy? They, the they, yeah. they, yeah, they faked it. So they made her have a big belly on purpose and on the funeral. Okay. okay. Yeah. I was a little bit confused. I was like, what, yeah. why? I thought she gave birth, but I saw, I saw that the body was pregnant and the dude behind her. Is this the dude that was looking after Leia when she was a child? Correct. And she ran and mm -hmm. she ran away in that series that we just watched recently. Correct. Yes. Yep. Okay. Right. So it's all connecting to me. Uh, Same guy, yeah. Cool. I'm liking that. It's all connecting. And I agree. It, I wish I'd have seen Ahsoka. I wish I'd have known who she was before all this stuff. Prior, yeah. Like, well, I yeah, want to go back and watch now, the episode of the funeral and see if I can pick her out in the crowd, but I guess she was never there, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, she's not, but it's, um, like I said, it's, it's you know, even though you haven't seen it, at least by watching this, you know, and ho I'm hoping that a lot of fans who maybe are not, like, big cartoon people, because, I mean, Clone Wars is definitely more cartoony than this series was I, at least i think um except for maybe season seven in parts of like with mall and stuff but um but it's old right the animation grew up with the time so i, I understand yeah that that's true but like even like just it gets a little it can get a little goofy i think sometimes um i mean i i still am a huge rebels fan i actually like rebels overall as a show better than clone wars and i know a lot of people disagree with me on that i just i liked having the new characters and and kind of take you know starting with them from square one and just kind of going through and i'm, I'm so excited for ahsoka like I, i'm probably more excited for ahsoka than i am for mando 3 like i, I just i just hope they kill it and you know if dave filoni's doing it you know hopefully he'll hopefully he will kill it so um Flynn, what'd you, what'd you, so what do you think about the first part of this episode I, I love it because, again, it starts showing how the seeds were planted for Ahsoka to become that undercover agent for for Bale later on, like we see in Rebels when she's Fulcrum. Yeah. It, it's really cool, and then it's nice to see that she was able to, you know, get off the planet at the end of Clone Wars and get to this and not be caught at the same time. It was all just, like, nice little storytelling and tying it all together. I, I agree. I just love how they fill in these little gaps. That's that's like the best part, you know. And again, not not to hound them. Like I don't want to be negative, but like going back to Kenobi, like there's it it made things more confusing than helped. Like where this is just 
filling in gaps. It makes sense. It's helping the story. Where for me, for Kenobi, it, it just made things more confusing. I, I don't know. I, that's just the way I feel about it. I mean, again, that, that's a conversation for a different stream. But, um, you know, anyways. Um, so uh, time passes a little bit, and we find out that Ahsoka um, goes to this remote world here. And I just took this little picture, uh, the little droid on the left. And in the, in the, in the, uh, in the episode, you can see him kind of walking around. Just reminds me of an ATST. I thought it was kind of funny. It, but this one's picking up friggin', you know, bales of hay or whatever and not shooting down Ewoks and all that kind of stuff. But so I thought that was kind of neat. But it kind of shows what they're trying to do. They're, you know, they're like farmers and they're, you know, they're just, you know, doing their jobs. And eventually we get to see Ahsoka. And she ends up using her force powers, um, probably didn't mean to, um, but she was trying to save someone's life. And so she kind of gets seen doing this by the person who she saved. And then that kind of leads us over to the next part where she knows that she saved her and she heads over and she calls her Ashla. Did you guys notice Ashla? Yes. Now, yes, do you know I do. What? Now, do you know the backstory on this? Because I'm a nerd and I got it all. Yes, I think uh, I think you and I are both on the same page. Okay, so I'll, I'll say what I what I believe it like what I believe this is all about, and then if if you have anything to add, feel free. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I so here here's here's what it is. Ashley is one of the moons that revolve around uh, Titan. So if you don't know what Titan is, Titan is the planet in Mandalorian where uh, the dark troopers come to get Grogu. So he's, so Grogu's up on the thing, trying to connect with the force. And that's probably how Luke is, you know, communicated with or whatever. And that's what they take him. So Ashla is the light side moon of that planet. The other, there's another moon. The other moon is called Balgan. And that is like your dark side moon. So, because if you remember in Mandalorian, they're going to Tithlin because it's, it's that's that's where all the jedi go so back i I don't know how many years ago this is or whatever the dates i don't know but there are uh spaceships uh there i think believe there's eight and these were called i believe it's pronounced thoyors uh thoyor and what they basically did is these spaceships traveled around the galaxy and they picked up um living beings who were force sensitive and they populated tython with them so what would happen is any of the um, the force users who seem to be leaning more toward the dark side, um, more you know, more on the heavy side, they were sent to uh, Bogon, which is the dark side planet. And what they would have to do up there is they would have to meditate and meditate about Ashla. And the reason why they didn't go to Ashla is because they couldn't go there because they were too much on the dark side. And then Ashla was the opposite. Because some Jedi were just way too much into the light. So the opposite would happen. They would be sent to Ashla. And then they would have to meditate about Bogon. So that is kind of what the story is. So the it's pretty cool that they brought that into this a little bit. Um, and basically had Ahsoka kind of rename her name Ashla. So Finn, did, did I forget anything? Do you have anything to add? The, the only other things I would throw in is... Um... There was a, a reference of that exact same story that you mentioned in Rebels with the Bindu when he was talking to Kanan. With the, the mother, other, with, the, with the father, the daughter, yep, and the son, and yep. Then, yep. And then on top of that, too, um, the name Ashla was 
originally what they were going to use for Ahsoka before they ended up going with Ahsoka. Oh, okay. See, I, that I did not know. That was yeah. one. Um, I think it's in like a behind the art of like it's either behind the art of the Clone Wars or behind the art of Rebels or something like that. But that was the name that Dave Filoni and George Lucas were originally going back and forth on for Ahsoka before they landed on Ahsoka. Because I think George had started referencing Ashla back when he was creating this universe and trying to expand the backstory of it. That is awesome. I, I didn't even know that. And that's why you never miss my streams because you find out all kinds of crazy information. See, right. now, if only this paid off for me in real life. I know, right? <laughs> only if I can make a real living doing that. <laughs> one day, one day, damn it. So, Ryan, you are now, you got so much knowledge in your head. You, you can't fit any more House of the Dragon up there now. Now you guys got to be Star Wars. <laughs> I genuinely thought it was because she was, her actress's name is uh, Ashley Eckstein. Oh, <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a good reason to think. That's yeah, a good reason. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. You're right. Okay. Oh, genuinely what I heard. I heard Ashley. I didn't hear Ashla. So I don't know. Yeah. That's funny. That's funny. Okay. See, that's funny. So we'll find out. We'll have to somehow have to figure out exactly why then. That's three good theories, though. Huh. Interesting. Very good. Nope. All right. So uh, here we see that they're talking about. They're talking about the, how the next day they have to take this hay and take it to the next town. So, so just the two girls are going. And uh, I don't have a picture of the brother, um, but the other lady has a brother. Um, and uh, Ahsoka's asking, was he coming too? And she's like, no, we're okay because we have a Jedi. And Ahsoka's like, I would not say that too loud. Um, you know, she's like, we keep that in the down low. And you know, so we come back after the delivery and all that, and you can see that the whole town or whole camp, whatever you want to call it, is on fire. Um, and it's not because they are awesome and elite. It's, it's literally on fire because of this guy, the sixth brother. Now, this is here's an inquisitor, man. Like, where was this guy in Kenobi? You know what I'm saying? Right, like, right. Like, wh like, wh like, why are we getting, like, Herman Munster? <laughs> like, 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 where, like, where is this? Where is this guy? Like, I don't understand. Like, this is who we should have been. Like, Reva, come on, man, look at this. So guy. You're telling, she's telling me this is this this dude is the same people as Reva. Yes. So what was it? What? Why wasn't he in it then? I right. I don't know. And there are others. I think that, or maybe he's the only one that hasn't been shown. But I mean, like, because there's two in the video games. There's the ones from Rebels that we saw in here. Then the fourth sister that was there for like three seconds. Right. But this guy looks the most menacing out of all of them. Like, it's so cool to finally see him in live action. Yeah. I thought, it, I thought it was General Grievous. I thought it was General Grievous. That robot dude that walks around in Star Wars. I thought it was him. It, oh, that's who you thought this guy was? Yeah. I thought that this guy was General Grievous. Oh, if you look at his face a little bit. Yeah, if you look at his face, yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. If you attach a spider suit onto him, he's then got loads of legs in that. Like he has an yeah. yeah, this he's is very Mortal Kombat esque. He is. He does. Dude, he, he dude, he looks like like if you go back to you're talking about the Plagueis novel. Like he looks a little bit like that with the hood on. Like it's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know, man. I I need a Funko Pop of this dude because yep, this yep. is this is a badass character right here. And I, I man, I hope we can get a little backstory with him. Maybe you know Actually, maybe. 
Go ahead. Go uh, go read the uh, E.K. Johnston novel, Ahsoka, that came out in like 2017, 2018, because that's where he's introduced. And this fight actually takes place in those books and even laid the seeds for the Siege of Mandalore, too. So, like, he's he's in that book, and this that was the first mention of him. So, like, six, seven years later, we finally get to see him on screen. So, that was a nice so, little addition. So, does this happen in the book? Yeah, it does. And it shows how she gets the white – this is how she gets the white kyber crystals. So, she kills him the same way in the book. Yep. That, dude, that's awesome. So And then she that, heals the kyber crystals somehow. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. That Wow, I like that. What, what 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 book is it? Is this Ahsoka? Yeah, it's Ahsoka. It's the uh, the E.K. Johnston novel. She's the one that's been doing all the uh, the queens like about Padme that trilogy of books, and then she's yeah, very yeah. close with Ashley Eckstein too. So I wouldn't be surprised if you know like she was giving them full creative permission to take what she's written and turn it into this. Okay, well that's that's pretty cool. That I'm then I'm, I'm glad they're trying to link like some of these books. I mean these the book letters are so good. Like I, just, yeah. I, I love books. Like how, like honestly, like you know, I, like how is how is how is there not been a Plagueis movie? Like I just uh, what is I, I I okay. I don't want to get in a tantrum. About don't don't get me down that rabbit hole. I, I know, man. That, that's that's, that's we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have to dive deep into into Disney and in one of these episodes because yes, I do. I, I got so much so much to say. Um. Anyways, so it says always a traitor. So this is the brother. So he's obviously a worm, and he he's called him why they were gone and i wish he died but he didn't and here's here's my favorite scene of the series i mean this is amazing so cool it is i mean and i was like oh Osoka, where's your lightsabers at and i was kind of like oh man how do you not gonna have light like you're too like green or blue or white whatever color you got right now like why are they not out but man oh man when he just charges at her with that dual bladed spitting saber and she's just like yo i'm gonna just take that from you it was so good. It took, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you right now. It took me like 10 minutes to get the screenshot because it's so fast. Oh, man. Good I, don't, I, I kept missing it. It was blurry. I kept doing it. and um, But yeah, I, I was able to get that. And then, and then yeah, and then the next slide, yeah, he got net start. Yep. Oh, actually, <laughs> I, man, I take that back because I forgot that that's how it happened. In the book, she actually um, she causes his lightsaber to explode, and that's how she kills him. Oh, okay. it a little bit, yeah. I kind of like this better. I'll be honest. This is this is sweet. Yeah, same here. Yeah, yeah. So she uh, she chops his head, and his head like melts or or something. Like I don't even know what happened there, but um, but yeah, that was that was that was awesome. And um, so I, I I got two. I think two or three left. Um, so I saw this. I saw the ship coming. I'm like, wait a minute. Are they? And and you see the next scene like. They're piling all these people from the town in. I'm like, wait a minute. This is like right before our new hope. So I'm pretty sure they just sent all these people to their death. Because <laughs> like when I saw that ship come in, I'm like, wait a minute. That looks familiar. So I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> um, and then I just put this in here in, in case you were wondering how they knew. Because she did get the transporter from him earlier in the episode. Um, and they kind of say their buys. And she basically is like, yes, I am ready to come back into the fight. Hope, you know, I mean, at this point, it probably, I mean, Rebels has to take place now at some point because he, you're telling me she's getting the white sabers and that's when she shows up in Rebels, correct? Yep. Yep. So, so this, this is right prob- before Rebels. 
So this probably leads right into Rebels when she said, yes, I'm ready to come back into the fight. And um, and then that takes us to Rebels. And I, again, Ryan, I don't want to ruin anything for you. I don't know how much you know about it, um, where she's been, but I'll let, you, I'll let you I'll let you go watch that because Rebels is fantastic too because um, it's a lot of Ahsoka, which is awesome. Um, I, I just I got the vibes. Are we getting a season two of Tales, or is this going into an Ahsoka show now? Question. Was this just was this just a pin holder to introduce us to Ahsoka so that everybody knows what's coming when they drop the new series? I don't know, but I mean, you did you could do how many? I mean, you could do this every year. <clears throat> but could they, if they do it every year, could I request if anyone listens? Could they do light side, dark side, light side, dark side? Like give us Tales of the Sith next year, and then please, Tales of the Jedi please. season two. Yeah, because I mean, technically, Dooku, 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 uh, Dooku was a Jedi, and we're just showing his downfall. So, yeah, I mean, that would be pretty sweet, dude. I'd like dude, Tales of the Sith, and they could follow. Do you think you give me? Yeah, do you Bane, Paul, Revan, Bane, Re- yep. Oh, do Revan again? How has there never been a Revan movie? Like, what is going on? All right, that's another stream. <laughs> All right, what time? We have what at one thirty right now. So. Let's go like rapid fire. What are your theories after watching all six of these? Who wants to go first? I'll I'll go ahead and do mine. All right, go ahead because I know you've been waiting like a week. <laughs> yeah. So all I'm gonna say is after episode four, with Palpatine being at the execution of Yaddle, good luck convincing me that he didn't keep her body to start the cloning process because we all know that was already happening. Right. Good luck convincing me that he didn't use her body to make clones, and that's how we got Grogu. Yeah, it um, it definitely makes sense. It definitely makes sense. I mean, I, I, like you said, it, maybe that's why we had so much Ahsoka in this as well, because um, you know, going to Mando three and then Ahsoka. I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't know how much Ahsoka will be in Mando. Um, but I mean, it, it's all linked together, you know, and uh, yeah, no, I, I agree with you completely. I, they, that's exactly what I was thinking because they've already shown the cloning process. They, you know, mm-hmm. it, we've seen it in, in Mando and it really just makes sense. And, you know, I was trying to think of the time frame and what is it? We're so Grogu's apparently 50. I think they Man- said he's around 50 in, around in Mando. 50. So this happened in this is ha- so this happened when this happened. Uh, that would have been so, ten years before the Clone Wars. How many years? Uh, that would have been ten years because Phantom Menace was ten years before the Clone Wars, before Attack of the Clones. Right. That was, and then it's five years to Revenge of the Sith, and then mm-hmm. it's another twenty to get to A New Hope. So what we that's thirty five right there. And then I, I think mean, Mando is like. Five, five after. or six years after Return of the Jedi, and we don't, at least we don't two years really there know. Too. Like how many? We don't really know the years between New Hope and Return. I, I always assumed there's only a couple. I mean, yeah. I don't know though. So he, yeah, like 44, 45 or in that. It, it it fits. I, you can definitely you can definitely fit that. It, it, it's yeah. right about there. So yeah, I, I definitely thought the same thing. I, I agree with you 100. percent like if they don't go that route, I'll be I'll be shocked now. You know, same here, same here. Because I mean, I feel like it. Dave Filoni is connected to all of it, so right. he's obviously got something in place. Now I just want to know what it is, and I want to know if we're right. Right. 
Yeah, it, it does make a lot of sense. Um, and, you know, Yaddle was obviously more sensitive. And it, it will be funny, though. We'll see if Grogu speaks with any kind yeah, of oh God, yeah. back language or anything. But, um, you know, if it's cloned off of Yaddle, it shouldn't. So, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I want Grogu to grow up right now, though. Yeah, <laughs> so no, I'm, I'm not ready for that. I know, right? Um, yeah, so, uh, Ryan, any any theories you might have? I don't know. So you're telling me that it's impossible for Grogu to be alive right now, at the moment of Yaddle's death? I mean, it's possible he is. Because I'm an old romantic, and I think Yoda and Yaddle got it on, and that's how we have Grogu, and that's the secret that will be unveiled, that Yoda is Grogu's father. But I don't know. I'm just an old romantic, and that would be cool. They touched hands, and that's making love for them. I mean, they... I mean, they it had to be in Phantom Menace, right? So we're talking 10 more years. So we're talking like 52, 53, 54, 55, somewhere in that range. So it all fits. I mean, when you say something's yeah. 50, it could be anywhere between like 45 and 55, honestly. And, and, a, and, a, and a cloned person can still use the Force, right? Can, that, can they do that? I don't think we've ever seen it. Um, I mean... Because we've seen... Snoke was cloned, right? Yeah, Snoke and then Palpatine in... Uh, Rise of Skywalker was a clone. He cloned so. himself, right? Yeah. Okay, so it's possible. So yeah, it is to use the Force. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. And then if you I count like the theory. Force Unleashed video games. True. I like, I like the theory that it was cloned from Yaddle. That's a that's a good theory. I can get on board with that. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I don't generally come into this blind, and I'm I'm pretty I'm going out of it with so much more questions and answers that I'll go find. That's Welcome right. To Star Wars. Yeah. That's right. Come over to the dark side. <laughs> we have cookies. <laughs> well, I want, I want to keep my friends that I've made. I don't want to declare what side I, I'm on right now. I'll, 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 I'll get a bit later down the line. <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, I appreciate both you guys spending an hour and a half with me talking nerd stuff. Of course. It, dude, this was a lot of fun, man. Um, Flynn, if you ever want me to be a guest on your podcast, you just reach out. I'm more than willing. Oh, brother, um, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah, and, you know, and, and we'll we'll definitely have to do this again. Um, maybe we'll let uh, Ryan watch a little Clone Wars first and Maybe we Absolutely. could talk. Maybe we could talk bad about Disney for a little bit or something. I don't know. I, I need to get. I need to get some stuff off my chest for that though. I still haven't done it. But um, <laughs> anyways. Um, so uh, Flynn, where, where can we find you on social media? Well, real quick, guys. I want to apologize that I'm not in studio. Uh, had a work issue come up, so I was kind of multitasking during all this. So thanks for being patient through all that. You can find me on all social media platforms, all podcasting platforms. I've got episodes that drop every Friday. All that information is at Linktree slash The Flynn Hendricks. And feel free to get connected with me on any of my socials because I've got links to the St. Jude 3000 push-up challenge. So if you feel like you want to donate to that or help out a good cause, feel free to get connected with me, make a contribution, and I'll keep doing push-ups in your name. So get connected, and I know you hear me. And I'll put I'll put that, I'll put your link down in the uh, description. Uh, you're the man. Thank you. All right, Ryan, what do you got coming up this week, man? Uh, tomorrow sometime, I think it's like 3... 3 p.m. Central. I've got a. I'm going on a live with Mad Hatter, Funko Pops. It's his birthday. Okay. Uh, I was just invited to go up and chill with those guys. Uh, sun Saturday. I'm going to be doing a live on my channel at 2 p.m. Central, talking about wrestling of the week. We'll be breaking down um, Crown Jewel and stuff like that. And then Sunday, we'll yes, be back to the normal nice. stuff on your channel, Headless. Yeah, Sunday at 7 p.m. we'll be live again, uh, talking some Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon. And, uh, and Monday we'll be live on my channel reviewing Rings of Power episode one and two. Yeah, Rings of Power episode one and two on Monday on Ryan's channel. 
and I'll deep I'll, into I'll, loads of new shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're we're trying to buy some time until uh, we get Willow. So we're we're pumped for Willow. So, um, yes, and uh, when do you? So we'll talk off camera because I know we're dropping a video today. I know today was a little bit long, and I haven't really started my video. So maybe we'll drop that this weekend or instead of tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll talk to you. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, let's see what else. Live, oh, I'll be live on Saturday at 11.30 Eastern. Uh, Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con tickets are going up. Open registration. So I'll be hanging out with you guys while we try to get tickets for that. Um, so come say hi. And um, yeah, I mean, besides that, man, I mean, it's, it's been a crazy week already. It's only Wednesday. Oh, yeah. And um, like I said, I can't, I can't thank you guys enough for spending the time with me. And um, yeah, thanks you so much. Everyone in the chat, thanks for hanging out. If you're watching this on the replay, oh, no problem, man. And if you're in the chat and, or, or if you're watching the replay uh, in the comments, go ahead and let me know what were your overall uh, score for the series, which we didn't actually do that. We'll do that before we close out. Um, and then what was your favorite episode as well? Uh, my favorite, my overall score for the series, um, and because I know we kind of we kind of were going faster at the end. Um, episode five, uh, we did episode six. Um, dude, I gave, I gave that, I gave that like a nine. Um, so what'd you guys give that episode before we do the final ranking? Same I for me. That nine. It's a nine. Yeah. Yep. Nine. Yeah. yeah. And then overall for the series, I, I gave it a nine total. Um, it, it, it could easily be a nine and a half. I mean, but oh, yeah. you know, if you're, if you're, if you're averaging the scores, um, easy, easy nine out of 10 for me. So some yeah. of the best Star Wars. Definitely. Definitely. I agree. Nine out of 10. All righty. All right, guys. Thanks for showing up today. Appreciate it. Like always, keep those heads on, and we'll see you guys in the next video.